When your child isn't sleeping through the night, it can feel like the most overwhelming thing in the whole world. We as parents tend to be hard on ourselves and become desperate for some sort of answer and a magic trick to help. (laughs) And guess what? what? There are no magic tricks. Well, there might be some. Today on the podcast, we're going to give you our best tips to getting your child on the schedule and giving yourself a break when things aren't going exactly as you would have hoped. Hmm, Just like our own version of a little magic. Plus, our relationship with our child's pediatrician is super important. We'll tell you how to find the right one for your family. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Laura. Welcome Welcome to to the the Moms Moms on Call podcast. We're glad you're here. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hi, my name is Victoria. I am from Lively, Ontario, and my little one is three months old, and I am struggling hardcore trying to get this little girl on a schedule. I have tried time after time to keep her exactly on a schedule and she just will not take. Please help. She's not sleeping through the night and mama's going crazy. I just want a happy baby again. All right. Thanks for your help. Victoria. Well, It is right around that three months of age when there's tons of changes happening. We're, you know, coming out of the swaddle. We're trying to to tighten up the routine a little bit. They're finding their own comfy spot. They're ready. It's so much fun. And it can, it can be exhausting. And we really can't make them get on a routine. However... We can control certain things. And wait long enough for them to adjust. And I think that this is probably what's causing the most stress here is that when we make a change, we expect that they're going to be able to adjust to that like in a couple hours or in a day. And it really takes three to five days and it seems to get worse before it gets better. And we want to jump ship. This isn't working. And so we want to try the next thing that somebody told us to try. And so... Victoria, where we would sit and start, if we were sitting across from you, is we would make sure that the environment is correct. So we want to look and make sure that they're in a crib in their room, that we are out of the swaddle. They're right around that three-month mark. It's time to get them out of the swaddle. So get them into some nice footed pajamas. We want to make sure that their sleep environment at night is pitch black and nothing else in that crib. Then we look at the routine and we look at the things that you can control. And those things are when you get them up in the morning, when you do your pre-nap routine and get them down for that nap, and when you feed. And those feed times become 
extremely important during this transition. Because they're all connected. And I think that's one thing that's hard to imagine is that the feedings and sleeping at night, they're connected. They have this little 24-hour clock. So one of the things that we want to do to help reduce your stress and to return that happy baby that you're asking for is that we want to be able to feed on time, on the times that we recommend in the Moms on Call schedules, to know that it's going to take about three to five days and to recognize that these things are all connected. And so sometimes what we find is if we just give it long enough, then they really get that 24-hour clock set. And that means that we do the same things at the same time every day for about three days. That's how long it takes to set that clock. that's that's how their bodies tell time, right? I mean, that's, you know, by doing those same things at the same time every single day, their bodies start to know what's coming next. And yes, they may not sleep the exact, well, they're supposed to go down for a nap at, you know, 11 o'clock and they're supposed to sleep until one, but she's waking at 12, 12, 15 and I'm feeding at 12, 15 because she woke up and yes, that's going to cause some chaos in that day. So, so go according to the schedule. Within that 15 minute grace period that yes. you have on either side. And Victoria, you can hear in your voice that desperation, that oh my gosh, I I need somebody to help us. And and that's what we just want to encourage you, Victoria, right where you are. We have all been there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we have had good days. We've had bad days. I think I still, Jennifer, my kids are all grown. Mm -hmm. And I still say, can we just have more good days than bad this week? That's funny, you know, because they're your kids, but I know them. I've known them their whole lives. And uh, yeah, they're just the most pleasant, wonderful kid. They have such great senses of humor, which I love about every one of them. And we're going to get there. So right now, the things that are important are twofold. I want you to stick to the schedule 15 minutes on either side of anything listed, but don't let the wake-ups either in the morning or after a nap, dictate what's going to happen. Let the schedule dictate what's going to happen. And then the other thing I think of, Laura, which really undermines so many moms, and I don't know where this came from, but it's this ancient phrase that people have always said. Are you ready? Wait, is it ancient like I'm ancient? Like, did no. I say it? <laughs> it's even before us. Oh, more, okay. more ancient than us. <laughs> it is, don't wake a sleeping baby. And that is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to wake a sleeping baby all day long if I have to. So what you think that you're trying to do is get this certain amount of sleep every day. So, oh, if they finally fell asleep in this nap, let's just let them sleep longer. Or they didn't sleep so good last night. So let's just let them sleep in in the morning. And it does not work like that. We are going to wake a sleeping baby. I don't know where that got started, but we'll wake them all day long and we'll let them sleep at night. So I don't wake a sleeping baby at at night. Right. But during the day, we're going to wake them up within that reason again. Okay. 15 minutes past that feed time. That's fine. That's okay. But we can't let them sleep three, four, five hours during the day and then expect them to sleep at night. It's right. just not going to work that way. And it begins to affect the following day and the 24-hour clock. So concentrate on the 24-hour clock. Wake a sleeping baby if you have to. And give it enough time. 
three to five days. Now, if you're still having trouble, because we're not going to leave you hanging, you can't always ask a question when you need to. But we have consultants. And so if you do need more help and you do need to be able to ask questions and you do need to be able to email somebody and you need the support to get through those three days because you're already just depleted as all get out, then absolutely find us at momsoncall.com. We have trained nurses who will walk by your side and manage every detail with you. Because the thing that's most important to Laura and I is that not only do we answer your questions, but we make you feel like you can do this and your baby can too. Because you can. Hi, Moms on Call. This is Sarah from Phoenix, Arizona. Quick question for you. We are thinking about switching pediatricians after a cross-country move. We love our current family doctor, but it just won't be practical after we move to continue to go there, obviously. We've been there since our oldest was born, and our kids are now five and two. So I'm wondering if there are any key things we should look for in our new pediatrician or any questions that we definitely want to ask when we try to pick a new one. With the kids being pretty young, it feels important that we make sure it's a good fit since it seems like someone is sick every other week around here. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. So, Laura, how many pediatricians do you think you and I have collectively worked for? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's see if we could do the math. At least 12 for me. And seven for me. Okay. And of all of them, would you say that they all wanted to do a great job, they were doing what they did for a reason, and that they all were great pediatricians? Yes. Every last one of them. Every single one. Okay. But were they the same? No. If you wanted to know whether or not you could give this child an over-the-counter cold preparation, would they all give you the same answer? No, and it would about drove us crazy. We finally were just like, okay, look, let's just, can we all just agree on these handful of things? (laughs) We'll leave the outliers out there because, oh my gosh, yes. I mean, life experience. Mm Mm-hmm tends to lead us in different beliefs or likes or dislikes or, you know, and and I think that goes for all kinds of, of information. And I think when we're picking out a pediatrician, I love this question because it does, that relationship does matter. Yes. But you don't know it until you meet with them. Mm. And you won't always see the same doctor all the time. Exactly. So if you're sick a lot, you pick the doctor that's available. And let me tell you, I also love the fact that you said, across town won't work because we're sick all the time. I think about that all the time. There needs to be access to appointments and you don't want to take a sick child. And you think, especially if they have a vomiting or diarrhea bug, oh my goodness, you don't want to be traversing across town with that going on. And so, yes, so the proximity and availability are two huge things and you won't always get the one you necessarily like for sick visits, but you will for the checkups. Yes. So they should kind of match your personality. Right. Like what type of parenting style possibly? I mean, I love, we have um, one pediatrician uh, down in Columbus, Georgia. We probably should not, we better not even say his name. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's admitting new patients right now. <laughs> he is, so he has only gone to, admit, you know, accepting newborns. And even now he's like, oh my gosh, because he is now known. As the mom's on call pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just 
like, dude, this is so funny, you know? And so, but you do have a sense. That helps when you're taking styles. call at night, though. Oh, I'm sorry I interrupted you. But it if does. you're taking call at night and most of your clients are sleeping, I mean, it's a good way to go. It is a good way to go, right? Like, oh, I can handle the sick ones, right. you know? And so, you know, I think kind of try and set up. A lot of times they will do those uh, appointments, you know, these kind of meet and greet type things. Um, and ask, ask the people around you, what pediatrician do they use? Uh, the people in your new neighborhood and the people that you meet, ask and begin to gather some information about who those people use. But you have to look at the availability. You have two kids, five and two, You've got to know, do they have sick appointments available? Is it a certain time of day that they accept sick appointments? We have one here that sick appointments start at 7.30 in the morning until 9.30. It's a walk-in only. So everybody gets there at 7.30 and they work through for two hours seeing all the sick kids before their healthy well checkups start at 10 o'clock. And then they have another segment in the afternoon for sick visits. So you need to know that policy. What's that going to look like? And does that work with the way your work routine goes or school or what have you? And so, you know, I think that, and then how close it is. Uh, although I'll, I'll be honest, I drove a long way to get to the pediatrician that I loved. <laughs> when you had all five kids, five kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause it was, yeah. But you didn't want to do well, it when and they we're were here vomiting. In, yeah, we're here in Atlanta, so pretty much everything. Right. Well, Everything's right an hour the, away. Right. It's right around the corner. <laughs> but you can't get there right. quickly. Right. Don't go and, at rush hour. Yes. So, you know, I think it's great that you're thinking through those things, Mom. I think, you know, ask around. Make sure of availability, how close they are to your new neighborhood. Ask your friends and, and people, your neighbors, who they use. And then meet up with them and just know that a lot of practices have three or four docs in them. So, you know, you may have some options within one practice. And you may pick one and then have a sick visit with another one and like that one better. That's okay. And you want to switch over. And That's totally fine. They're not keeping track and going, why did this patient leave me and hurt my feelings? <laughs> they, they are so you many have patients. They are perfectly <laughs> yes. fine. So if, if you mesh with somebody else, they, it's fine. They want you guys to be taken care of and to be cared for and, and to be with the doctors that, that you want to be with. So uh, don't feel bad if you decide to switch your well checkups to, to another doc because you had the opportunity to meet some of them. Yeah, or your kids were in a play together and you got to know them on the side. Like there's so many ways to have to switch. And the big thing I would say is, you want to go with someone that you feel comfortable with and just be aware of that comfort factor. I want you to be able to say all the things you're concerned about, not feel like you have to hold something back because you're afraid they might judge you. And you and I have heard this a hundred times. It's, you know, you, the client comes in and they say, oh, this is probably a dumb question, <laughs> especially with kids. And I don't want you to feel like you have any dumb questions. I want you to sit across from somebody that you feel like you could say anything to because who knows what's going to happen. Your kid swallows a quarter. Their, you know, poop is a funny color. You're going to have to talk about a lot of weird things, especially, you know, bodily fluids. So feel <laughs> comfortable saying, 
Oh, yeah, you know what? I didn't finish that antibiotic that you gave me after all. And that information helps them to help you. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey. 